The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone of you to The Intentional Spirit radio show. And thanks to you, we've been on the air. We're going on seven years. And we're so blessed because of you out there as our audience and our publicists that we are able to experience such wonderful stories and great narratives and just truly empowered people. Uh, None other than our guest today, who is a mover and a shaker. She is the founder and convener of the Global Peace Initiative for Women. She has made uh, her own path in this life as an intentional spirit. Dina Miriam, welcome to our show today. So glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you. Well, how did you tell us about your story? How did you, I always like to ask uh, often the question, uh, what made you care? (laughs) You know, some people focus on golf and some people focus on uh, a life of travel you have such a caring compassion about the planet, about the world. Um, how did you get to be you? Well, I I think um, as my book, book describes, it was many lifetimes that led to what I now am. And um, I, I, since early age, had glimpses of, of previous births. But nothing, nothing very clear. Just intuitions, and something seemed so familiar to me. And so I think I, I was born feeling that, uh, with a, with a, a, um, a very strong desire to know, for knowledge, to understand, understand what life was, how life worked, uh, what was the meaning, what was the purpose of it all. Uh, and as I got into my teenage years, and then in college, I, I began this search, you know, passionately, really. Um, and and as I as I continued my journey after college, uh, I began to have more memories come back, and uh, I, I ended up really not by conscious will, but by circumstances, getting involved in the interfaith peace movement, uh, and and then that my memories really began to awaken. And as the book describes my journey in this life, uh, as I came into the work that I'm doing, which is which is bringing spiritual consciousness to uh, places of conflict and to, to solving critical problems like um, environmental degradation, climate change, 
that that this was not the beginning for me and that I that this is almost a culmination of many different lives where I've been in situations where these issues have come up. And so I I I came to understand much more about how the universe works and what how one can find one's own calling and understand more deeply one's own calling. So that's the book, My Journey Through Life, a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth, which connects who we are today with all the personalities that have led up to this moment. I love that. That's just incredible. And through your your past walk, and I'm talking specifically in this lifetime, um, back then uh, in college, you started, did you start getting these, um, were they through the form of dreams? Where did you get like, you would meet somebody and you would go, we have a deeper connection. I mean, can you elaborate? Because, um, of course your story is, it's so, uh, known to you, but I, I want to know more (laughs) and I know our audience wants to know more. So we won't make assumptions, but how did it start showing up that you could, you were starting to see that it was a veil between this time around and other time reality? Another time. I, I uh, began, I, I found my, my teacher um, when I was in college. Uh, he had already left the body, but he left a, a, a very popular book called Autobiography of a Yogi. His name was Yo- mm-hmm. Yogananda. Mm-hmm. Very familiar, and, yes. Uh, Okay, so I read that book and I recognized him at once. He's he, he's mine, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. my teacher. And I began meditating, and I began a, a serious practice of meditation. And after spending, you know, some number of years meditating and not and not focusing on the results, just focusing on on doing what I was told to do, which is being regular and consistent. In the meantime, I, I got married out of college. I had two children. I got divorced. I began working. And 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 then it wasn't until I reached my 40s, actually, when I got involved in the interfaith work, uh, or just before I got involved, that that somebody came into my life, my work life, and and um, I began. And it was it actually it was a little bit before that man entered my life. I began to have dreams. I began to have dreams of a certain house. And I'd always wake up feeling um, a longing for that place. And it was always the same place. I'd find myself walking through that house, and it would be empty. And, and I would just have a longing to go back sadness. And then when this a man entered my work life as a colleague, uh, he began to talk to me in, in Russian and, and call me a Russian name. And then, then uh, in my meditation, most often it was in my meditation, I would begin to see scenes and memories would awaken, and it aroused a lot of emotion. It was a um, it was a, a, a difficult time in a way because it's not just oh I was this that and the other thing you're reliving uh, or at least I was reliving many of the emotions of that previous birth which was you know I, I experienced World War II being in Europe during World War II there were many things that were emotionally very difficult but I also saw that I had met Yogananda in that birth on his way back to India in 1935-36, I think it was 35, he was passed through Europe. And I, I had a very brief meeting with him, and that's why when I 
first saw his book as a 20-year-old, I recognized him immediately. And that made sense to me because I had such a devotion to him as a, you know, starting it as, as soon as I saw his picture. And I thought, well, where does this come from? I mean, why? Why? Uh, why do I have such a love for this man who I haven't met in the body? And then remembering this time that I had met him, um, and then other things began to fall in place. I began to understand a lot more about my life, why I was doing the work I was doing, uh, trying to bring peace. Because my first my first um, peace dialogues were in Israel and Palestine, and that was a direct result of what I what had happened in Europe in the 1930s. And so. On and on, after that life had been complete and I had a little respite, I'm, someone else came into my life and it awakened a memory of the birth just before that. And so I actually go back seven births um, in this book, seven, and then there's an eighth one too. And they're, sequ they're sequenced. And you can see how a, um, a, a weaving is being formed, a tapestry is being formed. And that you're you're the composite, the, the the kind of the compilation of it all. It's not like you're just um, uh, um, the outcome of the previous birth. You, there there are things that, you, that I recognize in myself from several births back. Um, and so it 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 gave me an understanding. It, to me, it's not a matter of a, a belief in reincarnation. To me, that's just a, a universal law. What I was trying to understand is how this law of cause and effect. How 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 do we create that with the conditions that we find ourselves in? What was the cause behind them? And you can only understand that by looking back and seeing all the conditions that led to this moment. I love that, and um, and I I love the normalcy in which you are presenting this and in which you are you are teaching it. And I say all the time when we talk about our senses, please remember we're not just talking about our five senses. When we talk about seeing and hearing, we're talking on a much deeper uh, soul level. My um, experiences in um, shamanic journeys as a shamanic practitioner, I've had uh, students and clients all over. And uh, some of them have come to me and they have, you know, they could be accomplished, uh, they may be successful, they may have had wonderful experiences or a life of travel or whatever, but there is a, such woundedness, you know, that carries on with them either in their bodies or in their minds. And that being oh, yeah. said, that's when I started really, uh, Dina, like really, really, really becoming aware uh, 20 years ago of, of wow, because I've always believed in other times. I've always believed in a continuation of the soul and reincarnation. And that's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, typical new thought, you know, that we all mm -hmm. are about that. We're very Eastern right. in our awareness around that. But that being said, that's when I became fascinated because when I would go to the underworld, uh, with my my client in mind, and I would see these images, and I would see a person burnt at the stake. You know, I would see mm -hmm. a person captured and violated, and it wasn't this time. It was another time. And there was mm -hmm. such energy loss in this human being that it became fascinating, fascinating to me. And I have seen it so many times with people that have uh, if you will, years and years and years, even starting in, in their younger years, in their 20s, 
with these physical ailments, I've seen people have tremendous breakthroughs when they are able to have facilitated through a process the energies from that brought back into their current time body. So I'm in your choir. <laughs> you know, interestingly, and it's I'm not, amazing. I'm... It's absolutely amazing. And, and I just want to finish this other thought, um, is that I think that's one reason, uh, and Sandra Ingerman, the more world renowned, uh, shamanic practitioner would, would say that, you know, I think that's one reason that people keep treating the same conditions over and over again at a, at a time about right now. And there is value to that in our psychology, into our culture, into our personalities. But very few people, at least that I know, take on the maybe it's from another time, you know, and I, yeah. I love that. And I love what you're doing. You know, I, I, um, have not read much of the academic literature. Um, to me, reincarnation was just a fact of life since I was young. It just it was something that was. That was. So I didn't need to investigate it much. And, and then after I had these experiences, some friends of you know, many friends have read the book. And what, one friend of mine who was um, just the head of the Merton Institute, a Christian theologian, called me very excited and said, I'm, I'm fascinated by your book. And then he told me about another book that he had he had read after reading my book by this I can't remember the man's name Christopher Burke maybe his name is professor at, at one of the Ohio universities who and so I got that book and he said well, there's been so much research now in the past 20 years that it's almost impossible to deny this reality and he talks about all of the psycho- the um, regressionist psycho- therapists where people come to them with an ailment and it's only when they go back into into uh, their previous birth or the one before you know I don't know which birth but a previous birth um and when they when they see what needs to be seen the ailment just goes and there's case after case after case of this and so that's what made me realize how the times have changed how there has been all of this um you know everything needs to be based in science now so now there is a lot of evidence about this uh and and i think a lot of ailments uh because we don't treat the cause of the ailments we treat the symptoms in in our western uh medicine and symptoms will you know if you treat one symptom another symptom will come up if you don't deal with the cause and it's all in our mind i mean it all begins with our psyche uh, so I think this is very exciting, uh, uh, you know, to bring together the whole healing and wellness with the, the uh, um, with the ability to to awaken uh, memories of the past. Oh, absolutely! And conversations like yours and books like yours, my journey through time, a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth. Those are the kind of things that. Uh, awaken people. And I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, or I feel the same way. I don't need to agree. Uh, I feel the same way uh, that you do um, in that it's it's so just the way life is. It's a natural law. Things end and things begin. It's, you know, and animals know that so well. And more than likely, I, I think I read that on a poster. That's why they don't need to live so long because they're not concerned about it because they'll be back, <laughs> you know, that kind of right. thing. But, um, yes, it's just and um, and and some people I, I think uh, someone once said it is the unlearned 
you know, people in our society that that's where we used to think about people not being educated or people not learning enough. Now we're talking to the unlearned to rethink things in an entirely different way. Kind of forget what you already know and be open Mm -hmm. to something um, of a greater nature. So through your, your whole life path, it sounds like to me that you've seen more and more indications of just the next steps or your ability to connect the dots that no wonder I'm doing the things I'm doing because I'm just building upon what I did before. Well, I, I, I got to see that, that in this life I was able to bring to fruition things, aspirations from the past and, and, and things that I had done in, in small steps that I had taken. Um, but the two, the, it, the, the, the experience, which is an ongoing one, it's, it's not ending. I mean, I continue to see further, further into the past, changed, changed the way I look at life in a number of ways. One is it changed my whole relationship with death. Uh, 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 and I think that that we're at a moment, maybe uh, in, in human development, where we need to change our relationship with death, and and this and that changes everything. <laughs> Once your relationship with death changes, and you you see it as just a um, a kind of a this this human existence being the going out and not being the going home. So it's 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 um, which is the real life. Uh, and then I began to think, you know, as I could, I could summarize my life in, in, you know, ten minutes. What, what will I summarize about this current life? You know, this is just another one of the, the lives that I will remember. So when it's part of my memory, what are the highlights? Because that's what stays with you, really. They're key points, key highlights that we that um, remain with you. So I began thinking, okay, what are the highlights? And then I began saying, well, if the, my past has created my current conditions, then my thoughts and actions now, I'm in the process of creating my future. So can I more consciously create that future instead of just being kind of reactive to to what arises? So my whole relationship with the future changed, and I began to be living in the future as well as in the past and the present. It raised many issues about this linear time that we we, um, encapsulate ourselves in. Does it really elaborate? Elaborate a, l- a little bit more, if you will, Dina. About let's talk about this thing called death. It's the yeah. subject that so many people. I would rather talk about anything other than that. Um, and uh, I wrote the book. When did you die? You know, eight steps to stop dying every day and start waking up. Because there's also an energetic death that people have through their lifetime. Uh, because mm-hmm. they they don't see the bigger paradigm of uh, conditions and experiences are there to make us more, not less. Let's talk about your uh, experiences, um, if you would please, and and share some of your thoughts. How how did you arrive at a place of I'm talking about death? I noticed for me as a metaphysical new thought person that believes that life is forever ongoing, I stop saying fluffy words like uh, they transitioned or they flew out or whatever. I just started saying dying, you know, people die. I mean, and to me that felt healthier because it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not, and no matter what you add on it as extra syllables, we still need to face that part of life is 
that you're dying. Anyway, um, without about me, I want to kind of feel where are you in all of that? To me, it's a it's a, a matter of identity. Um, when I started remembering my my uh, past experiences, I identified with those personalities. Um, but then a part of me didn't. I was no longer that personality. So it was an interesting phenomenon of of, um, of feeling the experiences and knowing that I experienced all those things and then saying, but that's not me anymore. Just like you might look back, back at your teenage years and see things that you've done and say, wow, that's not me anymore. <laughs> right? Right. So we're continually, right. We're continually changing. So it's a matter of who you identify with. If you identify with this personality exclusively, then then death is a very real, you know, this, this personality, this body is going to end. Uh, the personality will, trans, you know, continue on, but then it will be, it will, my memory of death, of my last death, was that I was processing a lot of what I had experienced in the in that in that birth that just ended, and after the processing takes place and the integration takes place, uh, you begin to lay the blueprint for the next birth. So um, there's a there's a there's a rest period and and there's no one length of time. It could be a few years. It could be many years. Um, however long is needed. And 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 the important thing to remember is that we drive the whole show. I mean, nothing is imposed on us. We create, we have created our present conditions and we are creating our future conditions. Uh, and and when, you, when you leave this body and realize you're still there, <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're integrating what took place and that the things that you, uh, has, the goals you had set for yourself, whether you achieved them, the things that you didn't achieve, what went right, what went wrong, what are you going to take with you, um, what, do you want to, what, what are your aspirations that you want to put before yourself for the next birth. Um, so so uh, I, my, my identity began to shift um, and not be solely tied to the personality that I now express. And it was another part of myself that became my central identity, which you might call the soul. The different names for it, but in the West we call it the soul. Um, and and so I think that that once you do have clear memories of the past, then you see this personality as just being another one of the personalities. Like you're an actor going out into the stage, and you, you know, one week you're playing this part, and the next week you're playing another part. Um, so I think that, that death, um, fear of death is only when it's an unknown. Once you remember death, it's no longer an unknown. So I think it's natural to have a fear of something that you, you don't know. Um, but once, once you can have, um, and I think, I think many people have increasingly so, because there's so many reports of near-death experiences, um, and, and, um, and people experience many deaths in a life, as you said. Uh, and so we should more consciously, you know, I think it's one of the, I think it's the Native Americans or, or Native people from one of the um, Latin American tribes where they walk with death on either the right, on their shoulder or left shoulder. So, so death is a, an ever-present uh, um, presence for them. So it, death becomes your friend. It's I love that. Enemy. It's it's your friend and it's your it's your guiding light. Yeah. 
I so mean, I also want to urge time. everyone uh, to go uh, while we're talking with Dina Merriman today to go to gpiw.org. That's GPIW. That stands for Global Peace Initiative Women. dot org, and discover more about her work and her book. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, please join us at firstunity.org or myself templehays.com. We love hearing from you, and we love getting your feedback. I do want to emphasize that you can actually call in uh, right now within this hour and talk to Dina uh, personally and ask questions. The number is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. And we love call-ins, don't we, Dina? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love to answer people's questions the best I can. Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, we have a couple of minutes before we go to break. So whatever point you start, let's be able to land in a, in a couple of minutes. I just, I love your work. It's just really, really, uh, beautiful. Well, the work, you know, um, we so much need at this time in the earth community, uh, to evolve. (laughs) That's to put it very simply, we need to evolve quickly. Um, in in order to be able to overcome the challenges that we face, the divisions, what we're doing to the earth, uh, and just to come from a place where we understand more the unity of life and the interconnection. And um, so this is what we try to talk about. And I'm I'm encouraged by the young people I work with around the world who see this and understand it. So I do have hope. Oh, yes, absolutely. And when did your book first come out? Earlier this year, came out um, in the first, I guess, the first few months of the year. I'm working and on the second book. How's it that, going? That, is it going well? It, it's it's going well. It is going well. I mean, for me, I I, I my intention for the book was, was that it just get into the right hands. I I wasn't so concerned about how many books are selling. Um, But I've been very encouraged by emails that people have written to me um, about their own personal stories and uh, what the book has meant to them. Uh, And there have been people who have been ill, you know, facing death, uh, and who have been very moved, and it's really helped. I mean, I I had a friend who died of pancreatic cancer two years ago. She was the first one to read the book, and she was not a... a, um, she was not involved in any spiritual practice, but she was so moved. It helped her so much in the last months, and that's what encouraged me to to go forward and publish the book. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, we will be uh, coming back in just a moment, and we're going to be with Dana for another 25 minutes or so. We're going to continue on her journey and have her Uh, share with us part of her experiences um, more so and this amazing life that she has uh, been a part of and more information with her book my journey through time a spiritual memoir of life death and rebirth we'll be right back after the short break thank you so much all of you for being with us and share our show with other people we really appreciate you You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with Paulette Pipe. So as always, we begin our time of meditation by first taking account of what we're feeling, those sights that we're seeing, those sensations that we're experiencing, and each breath that we breathe. Notice where in your body you're experiencing those sensations. Let your breathing find its own rhythm. As we begin the process of letting go, the process of relaxation. Remember why we're here. To hear more from Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness, visit the archives section at unityonlineradio.org. Have you ever performed a random act of kindness? In a beautiful new book called Write It On Your Heart, Unity employees make suggestions for random acts they've tried or received themselves. The book includes 40 ways to express kindness or compassion and has room to journal about your experiences. It's the perfect gift, and you'll want one for yourself, too. Look for Write It On Your Heart at unity.org shop. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Stretch your mind and open your heart every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Gain insights into spiritual principles that touch upon the most practical aspects of our lives, like work, relationships, health, and diet. Discover time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy for living a more fulfilled life in today's hectic world. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, welcome everyone, and thank you so much for being with us. I'm talking to the extraordinary Dina Miramum today, and we're talking about her new book, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth, and uh, what a great story she has to tell. I want to welcome our caller, who was very patient during our station break, 
and bring her on to the air to uh, ask a question. Uh, Megan, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you, Temple. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I um, was. Um, thank you, Dina, for sharing um, all of this of your of your experiences, and I. Um, I was wondering if I could run something by uh, you real quick that happened to me to get your take on what might have been happening. Um, it sounds sure. like it might be kind of akin to some of your experiences. Thanks. Um, so, and, and by the way, I actually have, um, I guess you would say, believed in reincarnation for, for many years now. I had a mom who um, read all the Edgar Cayce books uh, when I was mm-hmm. young, and it just makes it makes a lot of sense to me, but anyway, the the uh, <clears throat> the experience I had it it was a long time ago. I think I was maybe even in high school, and in the middle of the night, I rolled over, and best I can understand from talking to other people who have dislocated things, I rolled over in my sleep and my and felt my one of my shoulders slip out of place so that it became dislocated. Wouldn't have thought you could do that in your sleep, but I've talked to other mm-hmm. people who have. And what happened was, so there was this like searing pain immediately, which woke me up. Um, and, um, and then I just, I, I felt myself pull back from the pain and I was looking at, you know, like I was, I pulled back from it and I was really just thinking, oh, this is, the, this is the strongest pain I've ever felt before. Oh, my goodness. And the next thing that happened was I, I thought, um, I, I remember wondering what to do about it. And then as soon as that happened, and I can't explain how this could be. It doesn't make sense in Earth, uh, you know, what happens here on earth, but it was both somebody talking to me and myself remembering at the same time. So it was like first person and second person, both the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, remember whenever you've needed information in the past, you've asked, you can ask and the answer will be right there. So it was somebody telling me, and it was me remembering that that happened at the same Mm -hmm. time. And so that happened. And then boom, all of a sudden, there was a there's a very simple picture in front of my eyes, not a diagram of the human body or anything like that, but just like a, a line, and there was a circle on one side, and the circle went up, and it came down on the other side. And um, it, I knew this, uh, I knew what it was wanting. What I was supposed to do was just to raise my arm as far above my head as I could, and it would naturally come down. The, you know, the shoulder would naturally come down where it was supposed to be. And so that's what I did. And um, fell as- uh, I think I must have just crashed immediately from the pain. I didn't even remember it till the next day or the day after. But um, so my take on this is that the the who that was both talking to me and was me remembering to me I've always, over time, I've come to decide that was maybe sort of my higher self, like the, the part of my consciousness that does remember who I've been in all my past lives, who knows, maybe knows who I'm going to be in future lives. I don't know about that, but, um, you know, because that, it was both 
like I said, being told something and remembering. And what would I have been remembering other than things that happened in other lifetimes because this had never happened, you know, had never happened to me before in this lifetime. Does that make any sense to you? I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's your higher self speaking to you. And um, when I, when I first, um, my first real vision of a previous birth, actually, um, um, a similar thing happened to me where it was like four in the morning, which is that, you know, that mystical hour, you're not quite asleep, you're not awake. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I saw, I saw a young child, and I saw the way that she was dressed. It was like the turn of the, you know, like the turn of the 19, uh, 1900s around. And I heard a voice, and the voice was coming from within me. And the voice said, you wanted to know who you were on your last birth. This is you. And, and I said, and then I answered, and I said, where, where was I? And the voice said, Russia. And then, but and I, but there was such um, the vision. It wasn't the internal world. There was such a light. It's a light that I can only uh, describe as being part of the spiritual world. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. like a sunlight. Mm-hmm. It's a different quality of light. And mm-hmm. so this ha- happened for a few different lives where I would see an image of myself like that. But that voice, it was genderless, and it came from within me. And so there are moments. You know, when we, when there are moments in everyone's life where suddenly you access that deeper part of yourself. You call it the soul, the higher self. And it sounds to me like you had that kind of experience because how, how would you know how to fix it? You know, I mean, right. your, your, yeah. your deeper self spoke to you. And we call the memory. This must have might have happened to you at some point in the past. And we call the memory of how to fix it. Um, yeah. and, and that. That that moment should uh, we should pay attention to those moments because it should, it's it 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 reveals to us <laughs> that we're not who 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 we pretend to be who we think we are that we yeah. have much more knowledge so much more. that we can yeah. we can access you know yeah. oh yeah it was a a beautiful amazing experience I'm was blessed to have it happen when I was young you know so it and to have a mom who she passed away a long time ago but sort of initiated me in this kind of spiritual quest and um but um um yeah oh and and i know the one other thing i was going to say about that experience to see if you also experienced this at all was i know it yeah it was it was not any um, Earth language that I was communicating with this either part of myself or 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 what have you. You know, it was um, it was a languageless form of communication. It was just like direct communicating. Oh, I know. It's it's yeah. It's just it's knowledge. It's like a transmission of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a direct and and. You know, if we, 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 the reason why it's important to pay attention to that because we can develop our intuitive sense so that, um, so we can feel more connected to that part of our being. You know, so it's, it's, you know, once you've had the experience, that stays with you. It doesn't leave you. So you know that there's, there's that, that, that exists. Um, yeah. uh, and, and, and that should be very comforting because that's, um, you know, we, we are so much more than we think we are. Yeah, thank you, Dina. Yeah, and it 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 has been for sure. And I've been with several people when they died, um, most significantly both parents. And um, thank gosh, I 
I had had that experience by the time my dad died because he was pretty scared, I could tell, at the end there. And mm-hmm. I was able to really help knowing knowing that, knowing what I know, and just tell him, it's okay, Dad, you're going to a good place. And, you know, I could, I knew what was going to happen, that he was going to pull in and then see something far away and, you know, and just, anyway. Um, um, we we can't yeah. accompany our loved ones, you know, we can accompany them. And that's, I think that's an important role, you know, and um, you, you've been able to do that. That's wonderful. You well, know, thank to, you so to be, much. I really appreciate um, being able to talk to you and the, um, the book sounds very interesting, so I'll definitely check that out on the website and all of that. Okay. Such a blessing to have you, Megan. Thank you for calling in okay. and appreciate you, your Megan. support Thank of our you. show. Thanks. Really appreciate right. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with us. All right. Well, that's all great. I love it when when other people, you know, come to the come to the stage of deeper understanding. That's very exciting. Um, Dina. Tell us more about your about your path and your book. Well, I want to I want to um, um, talk about a, a, a deep realization that came to me, um, and that is the one thing that we take with us from birth to birth is love, and and that's such an important thing to remember that. In each life, there, there, I've been fortunate to have guides with me from previous births that I remember now, and the love that I felt from these beings saw me through many difficult times, and have remained with me. So I, I feel connected to these, to these spiritual guides that I've encountered in my past, and it's deeply moving. To, to realize the quality of love that surrounds us that we're not always so attentive to. You know, this, this universe, the foundation of the universe is love, and we, we block it out for most of the time. Uh, and, and when you reconnect with some of these spiritual beings that, at least I, that I have experienced in the past, it it brings back this realization of how important love is and and how that that is one of the main things that we carry with us when we move on i mean even um, even human love not just you know guide, love that between the spiritual guide and oneself but human relationships um the, the, that's really the formation that we we take with us uh, those love relationships um so i i i it, it was such a uh, a positive um, seeing when you realize we, we we deal with so much negative in the world. It feels even more so today. But to remember that the universe is a universe of love and unity and um, and cosmic laws that work not as judgment but as as learning. The whole purpose of us going from life to life and of the this law of cause and effect is not to punish us. Um, but it's to help with our learning, to help with our growth. And so it's all for a positive movement forward. And so that, you know, changes the way you view everything if you see if you see it all as, as for uh, a growth and for an increase in spiritual understanding. That's very powerful. Can you give us a, an example of 
of a breakthrough or an aha or an aware. I love stories and there and narratives changing. Um, of someone that's read your book and they've they've had an awakening or an experience um, well, from it. Yes, I, I mean I got an email not long ago from a woman I hadn't met, but she she had invited me to a conference and it didn't work out, and and I got an email uh, from her. Um, we had had some brief emails, and somebody had told her about the book, and she got the book. And then she wrote she wrote me and said and she didn't share her personal experience, but she told me as soon as she started reading the book, she began to cry, and mm-hmm. that it it began to awaken in her memories her own memories, and she came to an understanding of so much about her own life. Now, every person has a different story, which is the beauty of the whole thing. No two stories are alike. And so I share my stories just to show that everybody has a similar thing. You know, you've been rich, you've been poor, you've been this religion and that religion, this part of the world, that part of the world. And when you realize that you have been, I mean, not just theoretically, but actually experientially, you realize, yeah, I've been in that body. I've been black, I've been white, I've been Muslim, I've been Jewish, I've been you know, Christian and Hindu, you've been it all. I've been royalty. I've been I've been a, a poor with nothing. I've had a loving mother. I've I've lost my mother. It 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 is overwhelming when you think that. And then and then you know you can't you can't feel victimized really because if you if you don't have much in this life, if you've got ill health in this life, well, in other lives you've you've had beautiful experiences. You know. So um, anyhow, this woman wrote to me and uh, thanked me so much for, for sharing because it, it I had to really think about whether to share this book. Uh, a few of my friends said I should publish it anonymously. Uh, and I said, there's no way. And why was that? My life. Why huh? was that? Why would you publish anonymously? I, you know, and these were, this was a two spiritual friends of mine. Um, they said, you know, you, you're, you're revealing all this stuff about yourself and, you know, uh, people might think it's, you know, not believe it. I don't know. I said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to bring the book to the public, it's my life. I can't, I can't make up another, another, um, name for myself. Anyhow, I, I, I didn't even consider it for a moment, um, and I was surprised. If it had been 20 years ago, maybe, but but um, so much has changed now, and and I and I find the book has been uh, accepted from people from all faiths. Uh, so anyhow, so that was one story of a woman. Another story, I got an email from um, uh, a Buddhist friend of mine who had seen the book online and got it and read it and, again, told me that it awakened her own memories. And then she said she shared it with a, a friend of hers who was very ill, and it helped her so much. Um, so this makes me feel that, that it was it was worth it um, to, share the, to share the stories. I mean, there's some... You know, painful moments. Uh, I recount a story of a of a, a rape. You know, of a of a child being stolen from me. Of Nazi Germany. Of you know, going back to civil war in Japan. I mean, there were lots of different time periods. Um, another another uh, young man who just read the book told me that it helped him him gave him insight into different historical periods because I. And you know they, these are real 
stories and I share what was going on at that time in that place. Um, well, I'm glad so that you um, are bold and brave and, um, and, and with all your other accomplishments, why would you start being anonymous now? So thank you for that. Really appreciate it and your, your willingness because these are the kind of stories that need to be told um, because people are so, dri- uh, you know, programmed to think in a box and a little small reality. And the more that we're, we're brave and bold and share the stories of what we see and know and experience, it gives people another window and another door, you know, in which to, uh, to, to see through that, that space. Yeah. Um, I'm also very curious, and I know some of our listeners are, about the Global Peace Initiative for Women. Tell us what is, what is that about and what is its purpose and value and long-term um, initiatives for it. Well, it started about 20 years ago. I had been working in the interface movement and found that there were very few voices of women. Um, uh, and it was he- heavily, it was really an Abrahamic dialogue. The Eastern traditions were not involved. So there were a group of women, uh, spiritual teachers that I had come to know. And so we decided to organize a big conference of women spiritual leaders and to see what we could offer. And so we did. It was 2002. Uh, we did a big conference of women um, from all faith traditions, and we got began to get invitations. Could you come help us do dialogues in, in uh, Islam, Palestine, and Iraq, and all over the place? And we did. And we went to places, and we always brought spiritual, um, created a spiritual environment for these dialogues to take place. And then soon we found that we were not just women; we were women and men. And so the name really reflects how we began, which was an effort to, to, to give a platform for women spiritual teachers to, to get involved uh, in, in global issues, particularly peace building. Uh, now we're working extensively on, on um, climate change and envir- the environment and working with young ecologists, um, young men, young women from around the world. We just came back from the Arab region working with young ecologists, helping them understand the spiritual nature of this crisis that we're facing in terms of the environment and and to see that, that the outer world, outer conditions, reflects the inner state. So we have to deal with the inner state of the human community in order to see a different change in the outer world. That's why I started by saying we're at an evolutionary moment. Humanity has to evolve (laughs) uh, to a a much deeper understanding of how we're all connected. And and when we cause harm to one place, we're harming ourselves. And when we're causing a, a species to go extinct, we're harming ourselves because we're interconnected. And so we have to care about these things. We have to care about what's happening to the oceans and and to the uh, soil. It's all it's all one. Um, and so this is the work we try to do, really raising consciousness. Um, you know, we're going to be focusing more in the U.S. We've started to focus more in the U.S. because there's a lot a lot that can be done here. Um, previously, we've been working in different parts of the world. Uh, and so how to counter this polarization with a much greater greater understanding of unity and, and interconnection. So, and that's, this is a spiritual process. 
It's not an intellectual process. So the heart has to open. And so we we focusing on young people, meaning in their 20s and 30s, because they are the future, and and trying to to have them uh, work more from the heart than than just from the head. That's in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> That's very powerful. And do you have uh, you continue to have your main conference every year? We've we've been organizing around six conferences, um, some small, some larger. Uh, yeah, so we do we we have a, a website uh, www.gpiw.org. We have Facebook page. Uh, I think there's a Twitter too, uh, and so we we put things up there. Um, uh, our next project will be at the UN Climate Conference in Poland. We're bringing a group of spiritual teachers there to talk about the spiritual dimensions of the climate crisis. Um, and so we go from one thing to another. Um, and then we'll be in India on a conference, and then we'll be uh, back in the U.S. So uh, we're pretty active. That's marvelous. That's wonderful. Well, um, please look me up and keep me in your awareness for one of the things you're doing. Oh, I definitely will. I've spoken at the Parliament of the World Religions, and I would love to be uh, to be part of that if it feels organic and when the right time presents itself. Okay. Yes. I, I de- thank you for that. I will. I will yeah. uh, keep you in mind then. Absolutely. So we have uh, just three or four more minutes uh, regarding uh, the show. Um, in a in a synopsis of your life and and your journey, what what are you the most um, uh, happy about that you have discovered in this incarnation? I would say that I'm I'm happy that I I mean what 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 is so uh, deeply satisfying to me is that I became aware in this life of the tremendous love coming to us in the universe from various places. For me, it's been my spiritual teachers. Um, and I started off this life feeling my love for my teacher. But as I've grown, I feel now the intensity of, of his love for me. And that's just a, um, you know, a microcosm of, of this greater reality, um, which is that we're held in a universe of love and we're, we're held in a universe where we're meant to enjoy our journey, to grow, to learn, uh, to understand from the, um, from the challenges that we face that we can develop different qualities about ourselves. And I've seen that, that how my challenges have pushed me further to grow. Um, things that I first saw as a, as a tremendous, um, every challenge has a blessing behind it. And I think that's a universal truth. I don't think there are exceptions to that. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that's by far a, definitely a universal truth and and a, such, a, such a teaching that, that you're offering. I want to remind everyone of, of this beautiful book by Dean and Miriam, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. And you can find more about the book and about her work with the Global Peace Initiative work for women at gpiw.org and, and learn more about the various things and the blogs. And there's lots of YouTube videos and lots of work that will continue to support um, 
this paradigm of a world that is continuing to shape shift uh, to its new place. I think we're all very curious as to um, where it's going to land <laughs> when we when we are uh, on the other side of some of the deeper work that we're having to do right now. Right, Dina? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Something beautiful will emerge. Something beautiful will emerge. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we will be bolder and braver and um, and more evolved and knowing that we're going to have memories like you have. I, I think if that, in that awakening, that would be one of my, my deepest prayers for today's time in this universe is that people would have such an awakening that the boxes become bridges and that they understand the deepening of, of the soul and the connection mm-hmm. that they have oh, yeah. because it, it dissipates so much energy that goes into the personality and the ego and needing uh, to have agendas and things being a certain way. It's a, it's a whole, it's a fluidity of life then. Um, it's very freeing. And I, I yeah, know I'm freeing, speaking yeah. that that's true for you too, Dina, because that's certainly been true for me. When I uh, went much deeper, even beyond the basics of metaphysics, into a, the other world realities, and I could clearly see that we only touch a speck of it. <laughs> <laughs> we just barely right. touch a speck, a speck. Of, of the broadness of what life is, yeah. of what it really is. That's right. There's so much more. What a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for being with us. And thank you so much for, for joining us on the intentional spirit today. And all of you that are out there, please take the time and share our show with others. It's a pleasure to know that you're always with us and that we collectively and together, we are learning all the time. God bless you on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Dina. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.